Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill, only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Wednesday, Battleborn Broadcast Studios, BBBBC, as we call it. We have uh, different acronyms and names. Cofield, Adam Hill, Justin Watkins from Battleborn will be up with us in just a little bit. Nice enough to let us use the studio today. Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studios. Got to get to the Lakers in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Knights with a big win last night, but what did it mean for the playoff hopes? Raiders have more visitors in town, so we'll get to that. There was a, I think, a big fight announced that lots of people want to see who are probably younger than us. But if you're older, you probably don't get it. But we'll get to that in 15 minutes. And by the way, we'll give a heads up. Uh, Dana White was screaming about something on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, no. Uh, media subject. So Adam Hill may be in the crosshairs again. Oh, no. That's coming up. That is coming the one, up. The one day I don't listen to the full show, this is, this yeah. is good. Uh, the one day that I'm not at Lotus, and I'm almost never there because we're on the road. Uh, but for these purposes, my God, my God, I can't believe we're not there today. Uh, apparently, the promotions team from Disneyland is in the building in just a little bit. And, you know, we've had cases in the past where there's been celebrities in the building, famous, well, I don't even know what you, what you what you would say, trophies, it's not an artifact. The Stanley Cup was in the sure. building. Uh, Mickey Mouse is going to be in the building for photos at what? 4.15. So we may have to, I don't know, Justin Watkins may have to carry the middle hour solo by himself here, which is solo. Uh, and we're going to go back and get some pictures with Mickey at a minimum. We have to at least get Ari with him. Um, there is a virtual lock on this prediction. Ari's eyes will be closed. He closes his eyes on all photos or is he scared of Mickey? Every photo, his eyes are closed. Um, you know, I know it's a pastime in this show. Can I bring something up from yesterday? Ari, I generally don't let Ari take any photos of us because it's usually from a terrible angle. Right. You've heard that from women, right? Sure. Every woman in your life is like, okay, come on. Get the angle. Exactly. Hold it high. Get the right angle. Um, But there's a lot of full body shots from Ari. His whatever phone he has, and he's probably had six since we've known him. He doesn't know how to use the flash. So they're always dark. He took one yesterday of Marty Cordova and I, and I was like, he he sends it over. And before I could even say anything, he's like, yeah, you probably want to adjust this. Like you adjust it. Turn on the flash. (laughs) Turn on the flash. So, Ari, absolutely need a picture by 4.30 of you and Mickey. Okay? We can carry it by ourselves from uh, 4.15 to 4.40. Put it on autopilot. Get somebody else's phone to do it. So, we closed out yesterday's show in a hurry, as we do every day, and we brought up a weird story from women's college basketball dealing with NIL, name, image, likeness. The Cavender twins, who were at Fresno, transferred to Miami, apparently made a boatload of money. They already had this massive social media presence and you know then they got even bigger on ig and tiktok and they have another year they could play and you know most women are going to take advantage especially if you're making a lot of money of the extra year of eligibility but you said they were split on coming back so the cavender twins will not be playing in a fifth year and and the thing that got me was which one didn't want to play hannah hannah and the the bad one okay and (laughs) so haley's the better one haley wanted to come back and play hannah said no so then haley was like all right Neither one of us will play then. Yeah. Is this weird. like a guilt move? I mean, it's a it's probably a separation anxiety thing for one. But there also is another thing at play here. Like, what is their appeal alone? 
I feel like Dylan and Dakota Gonzalez are out alone sometimes. Are they always together? I, I don't know how much they're hanging out now. And oh, no. where have, have you we, seen them last? Do we have an issue? No, where have you last seen them? Uh, I think I saw one doing the national anthem at, at one of the Rebels or Lady Rebels games. Okay. I might, might not. You know what? It might not. They might not come up in the algorithm. And I don't know what goes on with Twitter anymore because I only see, sure. I hardly see anything. So I hardly see any variety. It's but I think their, their career was ascending rapidly. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of went on their own. Oh, they did. They split. I don't know that. I don't know that they split split, but like they're not together as much as they once were. And their career kind of tailed off. Oh, but why can't Hannah, if Haley's playing basketball, why can't Hannah be there what's, and what's, they're in Miami? What's the and solo? What's the solo? You say she can still keep doing TikToks. Yeah. But not play. Yeah. But I think she wants to go like she's, if she wants to go do her own thing and not just be hanging around. Hmm. So think, in this did, case, it's like we have to do the same thing. Do you think the one twin pulled the move? I'm not playing to get away from the other twin. I don't no. know what happens with twins. I don't. I was talking to you off the air about. I don't know many twins, and I don't know adults that have twins. Uh, the only, I, mean, I guess I know some. I just can't remember one. One I know. John Anik has a twin. He's the UFC yeah. announcer. We get John on a couple times a year. Uh, maybe we'll just bring him on, talk a little UFC, and ask him about twinning. I have a very close friend who. Her and her twin may be the two nicest people on planet Earth. Ooh, right. And we have a running joke among our friend group that secretly they hate each other and they're just nasty to each other in private. But like publicly, they're both incredibly just nice. Is that wishful thinking? Because you and I are like that in terms of uh, what, what yeah. we have with our siblings. Sure. Most, um, most siblings are nasty but, to but each other. She, but they By do. the way, National Siblings the other day, National Siblings Day, uh, got real harsh in studio. We are making judgments on middle children and... Uh, Youngest child, and then we we had a couple of uh, only children on today. Apparently, is National Only Child Day. Oh, you wow. had to bring that up. Why is that a day? Because uh, you because uh, you need it. Because I think a lot of only children felt bad. But I think in, in in the case of the girl I'm talking about, her she does admit like, hey, there there is times where you're just way too similar. You're way too close growing up, always doing the same things, wearing the same all those all that. And there's times where it's like, get away from me. Now they don't live in the same town now, so I think it's it's better. But yeah, I think that there is that that issue with with twins that they have sometimes. But look, Haley and Hannah are already posting, you know, back in Arizona and hanging out, and they had their Easter together. They're in their Easter dresses doing TikTok dances. Like they're they're still very very much connected. But I think they're 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 we talked about valuation for NIL the other day. Like their valuation is as a pair, and I don't know what Haley's would have been on her own. Like she's still she's an all conference player. She's one of the best players in the ACC. She helped them get to the Elite Eight. I'm sure there's some value, but I think they believed that their real value in terms of earning potential was together. Are the uh, Morris twins in the NBA more dangerous together or apart? Well, don't they fill in for each other sometimes? I don't know. I thought you would jump I on the dangerous. I thought you would jump on the dangerous part since they had uh, yeah. beaten the hell out of a guy about eight yeah, years true. ago for screwing around with their mom. No, but I think didn't they admit that they've switched in games? Like that they one of them played for the other one. <laughs> kind of interesting. I think, I think they did that. All right. Uh, NBA Lakers a little sloppy last night. Looked pretty oh. ugly at the half. They were down 11. They wound up having to go to overtime. There was no reason to go to overtime, but they made some mistakes in overtime. The T-Wolves, minus Gobert, minus McDaniels, ran out of gas and just played like crap in the final final like three minutes. They really played poorly in the fourth quarter. They got out where they scored 12 points. I think they scored 15, 16 in the fourth and overtime. 
So the Lakers move on. It wasn't impressive, though, but they move on. They're I, in. I thought for sure, and I was thinking of you and several other people I knew that had bet the Wolves. I was like, oh, oh it's oh. this cover. This cover is going to happen in overtime. Oh, the Lakers I was, are really, I was watching, and uh, I'm like, come on, just, just something. They went up five right away. Yeah, like don't lose by nine. And the Lakers really didn't lead the entire game. Timberwolves go six zero one without scoring until those three free throws at the end of regulation. Uh, just wild. Wild, wild game, and uh, nobody came. Here's the other thing, though: the overreaction. The Lakers go into the playoffs, and I didn't believe they were a title contender. But they, you know, the way that they were playing, they were winning games at a rate. You said, "Hey, they can play with anybody right now. This is a threat." And after one game, they're gonna get swept. Like, okay, I mean, I, I, they probably are, but settle down. So, what do I do with the series price? Memphis and the Lakers. Memphis is one forty. I think Memphis is gonna win the series. Is yeah. this the best number I'm going to get? Is by the time this series starts, it's going to be like 160, 170. LeBron, LeBron's that whole, ready. That whole Lakers are going to get swept thing. LeBron's ready. Oh, See, he, he had 30 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. But I was, he, he was joking about, uh, he gave a detailed, very specific scouting report. He's like, I haven't really dove into it yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's very much joking. Obviously, he was ready. He had already been preparing for the Grizzlies. Uh, he's ready. But look, not- notably last night, you're talking about the numbers that LeBron put up. There was one point in the game he was like 11 of 16 from the field. He had a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of assists. He'd scored a bunch of points, and he was minus 20. Like, they just weren't playing well when he was on the floor overall. So crazy with him. That was his 89th game where he had 30 points or more past the age of 35. I heard 89 times 30 points, and I was like, oh, that's, wow, what a career. No, past 35. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, it's impressive. And, look, there was <laughs> all the – by the way, did you notice all the Jordan stands out last night of – just hoping and praying that LeBron missed the playoffs because that doesn't count as a playoff game, to, that LeBron would pass Jordan in most times missing the playoffs. Oh, my God. Will you let it go? <laughs> I know. You freaking – the people are aging older, man. I hate to keep bashing on you every day, and it's not all of you. know. No group is all the same, but, jeez, shake the fist at the sun and protect your era. It's just nonsense. We had a couple of tickets to uh, – Fighting in town. Uh, we'll give these away on two different occasions during the show. We got PFL in town, the uh, professionals fighter, uh, professional fighters league over at Virgin. Um, in Mercier and Burgos are going to be fighting. You got some UFC veterans on this card. It's a theater at Virgin. It's coming up this Friday. Early start. The fights begin. It's a deep card at four o'clock. Uh, it's access.com. It's PFLMMA.com for more information. You can find out more details on the card. It's a theater at Virgin. Great, great venue to watch fights. PFL tickets coming up on Friday, 4 o'clock start. Caller 7 right now, 364-1100-364-1100. ESPN Las Vegas is hooking you up. Tune into Cofield and Company in the press box to win a pair of tickets to see Billy Idol live at the Chelsea and the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas in October. You can purchase tickets at Ticketmaster.com starting this Saturday at 10 a.m. Well, Dana White is mad at someone in the media. It's not you. It's not you, Adam Hill. I don't know. I didn't hear the rest of it. So I assume <laughs> because he said, and then I was like, oh, wh- who do you go after first? Uh, Dana White on the Pat McAfee show. We're going to hear from Jack Eichel on the Pat McAfee show as well later in the show. But uh, Dana White going after a dude who calls himself the Schmo. Schmo still local? I believe so. And he was so mad with Dana that he actually went after another media person today. Who do you go after? Uh, Ariel. Over what? Long time beef between Ariel and the Schmo. All right. I figured he went after uh, Helen, who used to work at Lotus. But I guess that only happens outside the country. 
So should people rush to the Schmo's defense? Or is his character, which kind of mocks on the regular media, earned him a spot where no one's going to step up for him? Because honestly, really... I when I watched that, because uh, I hadn't seen that happen, I don't even know what that, where was that from? Uh, it was the pre-Miami uh, uh, press conference. It was like so, last Thursday. So the guy stands up and, you know, tries to ask a question kind of, you know, with the merger. And we talked about this a lot last week. Um I don't think it was a bad question. If you don't want to answer it, you don't have to answer it. And by the way, I will almost guarantee you that someone on the McAfee show was ready to ask a similar question about some sort of crossover with WWE. Yeah. And they joked U- about USC it before he was on. And UFC. And like, yeah, you know what? That's a reference to a chair, and someone could have given a good answer. It wasn't a terrible question. Um, so I don't know. I like lighten up. Ask Everyone like, needs to lighten up. But but here's the point. Ask like a human being, then. Here's the point. Uh, when we talk about this all the time, when because most of his coverage has been totally positive, it actually earned him. I think he had he didn't he have a deal for a long time. He was traveling with the UFC, kind of almost like partnered up, right? Lifted up by the UFC, a friend of the UFC. You know, loves Dana, defends Dana. Didn't he take a shot at you when uh, when right. Dana basically sicked you know people on you because of, of the Jacksonville card? Of course. So that's his background. It all comes back in at some point. Like just if you drop to your knees and and do whatever you have to do to to service a power broker in sports at any point, they can just turn on you. And all of that goodwill you think you established goes right out the window. They don't care. Cause here's the thing. People who do that, I think are often recognized as kind of clowns. Like you're not respected. I think if you cover it down the middle and sometimes you're hard and sometimes you're friendly, then most powerful subjects will understand that and have some respect for you. When you kiss their ass, the first, you know, the, the couple of times that you annoy them, they're going to explode on you. Yeah. yeah I'm, it's absolutely right. And like, I am defend media. Look, there's been people that have been under attack and I don't like them as a person. I've, they've done horrible things and they're jerks, but I will defend them because you defend the media in certain cases when they're doing their job properly. And I, to some degree, I want to defend him. But he's also a character who's a clown and attacks other people, as you said. Right. Like, yeah, but I can take the you high get road. What you get? I can take the uh, high okay. road. What's he going to do? Come after me? Okay. Right. Don't care. But that question was fine. You, you, if you can isolate the situation, that question was fine. But 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 when you're doing a character, it doesn't come across as fine. It comes across. It took first of all, it took thirty five seconds to ask the question. It seemed like, right. and it's in a character, so you're like waiting. Like, where's the punchline? Is there something here? Why are you doing a character? Yeah. Why is this a bit? What's going on? Like, there is more to it than just asking what could be a good question. How about, hey, look, you guys just signed a deal with the, with the uh, WWE. You guys are now part of the same company. How much crossover do you expect to happen? How much participation do you see promoting side to side? Maybe not in participating in matches, but how much how much can we expect to see some carryover? Okay. Maybe you say that's a dumb question. Maybe not, but it doesn't come across as some buffoonish clownery. <laughs> Hey, we can talk the fight game without getting all worked up, right? I mean, it's fun to get worked up, but without getting all offended. Uh, they, I don't know who they is, but it was announced today that Nate Diaz is going to box Jake Paul. I love this fight. Uh, and I love what Jake Paul does because he's established himself as a guy that people want to watch. And a lot of it's people below 45 years old. So folks out there who are older don't get it, right? Boxing is not what it was. They don't make the matches consistently that we want. 
And they've done that for 30 years. So here's where we are. Now we go kind of back to the roots of what fighting was and what especially MMA is. Crossover. Can this guy beat this guy? And there's an intrigue going into a fight with a former you know, star MMA fighter against a guy who is a developing boxer who just lost to, what, Tommy Fury. But as Jake or Logan? Who is this fight with? Is this Logan? I don't I don't know the oh, difference between them. Yeah. No, I, I seriously don't. Yeah. No, Jake, I don't Jake, know the difference. Logan's more the wrestler, and he's he's fought a couple of times. No, Jake's the more skilled boxer. Okay, and he lost to Tommy. But Fury. I thought the worst boxer lost to Tommy Fury. No, I'm not. I'm not. I really don't know. I thought the worst because I thought that was the whole narrative of oh, but the good one's not going to lose a, a boxing match. I, and I'm not. I'm not trying to do a like a hey. I don't even know what this is. I yeah, literally was, don't know. I, I even now I had to look it up. Now I'm doubting myself. No, Jake. Jake Paul okay. lost to Tommy Fury. Okay. He was the one who was knocking guys out, had finished Ben Askren, had finished Ty Woodley. And now he's going to go against a higher-level striker in Nate Diaz. It's an intriguing fight. A jiu-jitsu guy. And, like, and again, people, but I, don't but, these guys keep teasing that they're going to do MMA? Do uh, it. They're, they're never. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to do that. Yeah, do why, it. Would they, why would they do that? It's their, it's their domain. That's they control the, the money. Sure. They control the money. I get it. No, look, I'll, I'll probably watch it too. Like, I end up watching these fights. I don't get into them. I don't follow them. I don't pay attention to their careers or anything, but I end up watching them because they're good social events, and that's what they're doing. They're trying to – credit to them for what they're doing for the business. Awesome. I, right. I think it's great. Now, as actual athletes, no, stop. But what they're doing for the business, very cool, and they're creating that sense of, hey, everybody's going to get together and watch this fight. That's, that's what they're doing, and that's what boxing used to be about. Right. So I think that that's cool, but they're not – you know. We're it not going to follow it, them as it, athletes. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. They're, this is a low-level boxing match. Okay, yeah. well, so was Butterbean. Yeah. Lots of people watched. Yeah, for sure. It's a spectacle. Yeah, no question. And that uh, that's, by the way, spectacles draw better than they do. Fights. This guy's a real marketer. And marketing is missing right now from boxing. And in some ways, because now the UFC doesn't make all the big fights like it used to. It's missing there. I was at, John I, Jones was away for three years. It, it, to me, that still seems absurd. Francis Ngannou was let go, and you know UFC Dana White just keeps repeating he'll never fight for us again. Well, then I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch a Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fight, and you can call me a moron. It's my money. Yeah. I can do what I want with it. By the way, there are so many. Well, first of all, I'll point out uh, JT the Brick, our buddy over on Raider Nation Radio 920, uh, said the fight is absolute garbage. He followed it up by saying. I've been over 100 championship fights. This is trash. I'm happy that this entertained you. Enjoy. I don't, I don't know what watching a lot of championship fights, what, what that even means. This is all about drawing eyes and drawing dollars. And again, for those of us who are 45 and older and we're stuck in this, oh, we love boxing. There's no boxing to watch oftentimes. It's marketed poorly. The matches aren't made. Well, it also, hasn't been built up recently. Let's also point out. This, had, this in a lot of ways has replaced it. And you know what this feels like? Jake Paul and his success feels like what boxing used to say about UFC and UFC eventually surpassed it. And now boxing people can still like shake their fist at Jake Paul and go, Oh, this is so stupid. It's a low level. Yeah. It's beating you. No, if, now, if you... I will say real quick, that is a little misleading because I don't know that the buys are truly there with Jake Paul. I don't yeah. exactly know how they're monetizing the actual boxing. I think he makes a lot of money doing other things. I think this is one of the most stolen things on the streams. Yeah. But to, to your point of, where boxing is and like this is not a great fight i want to see real boxing i'll tell you this i was at a sports bar in Gaslamp this weekend watching ufc and there was there had to be i'm gonna say there was 80 tvs in the place 
there was 79, if there's 80, there's all but one were on UFC and everyone was watching it. And there was one tiny little screen in a corner off to the side of a bar that was showing Shakur Stevenson, who is a really, really skilled boxer. Very good. One of the best in the world. And they could barely get it on TV. And I will tell you right now, nobody was watching it because the fight ended and it was an uneventful knockout. It just kind of jabbed him to death and the referee's like, all right, enough. So it stepped in. So it wasn't like a great highlight, but nobody else reacted. I'm the only one who was like, oh, it's over. Not a, not a single person noticed. People are stupid. <laughs> Idiots. Fine. That's fine. I've seen a lot of championship fights. That That's the audience. That's the audience. Yeah. You know, as I've said many times, I used to like golf and tennis. I can see there, you know, a certain audience still kind of likes it. Golf. But I faded on both. Taste change. And don't judge off of me and don't judge off of Adam. There are some dollars in our demo, but really what they're looking for is that under 40 demo and their dollars. Yeah, some reaction to uh, what uh, JT was saying and follow uh, at JT the Brick. He's over at Raider Nation Radio. Noon, Monday through uh, Thursday, uh, Fridays as well. Uh, let's see. Some people were saying, uh, uh, not even worth finding a link on Reddit. Well, there's going to be a lot of people who try to find it. Uh, someone disagreed with the absolute garbage comment. Sorry, I'm here for all this. It's called entertainment. Figure out the difference between sport and entertainment. This matchup with these personalities is pure gold. will be super fun to watch. Can't argue with that one, right? As long as Nate Diaz wants to participate in the promotion and Team Diaz, Team Diaz and Team Paul away from the fight before the fight will be entertaining. Yeah, I, I I feel like this has been they've been working behind the scenes. I feel like they're just friends, so I'm a little worried about that part of it. That it's all just it's pro wrestling. Uh, you know, Nate Diaz has been going to their fights and just flipping off the them from the crowd. It's like, come on. Out of all of Paul's opponents that deserve a payday, it's Nate Diaz. Yeah. Oh, Nate's gonna bring eyes. Like a lot of it is Jake Paul's fighting this guy, and I'm gonna tune in to see the Jake Paul fight because I'm a YouTube fan or whatever. Like there's a Nate Diaz audience. Like he's bringing he's bringing people. He's bringing eyeballs to this. Another one. Competitive boxing is dead thanks to S shows like this. Now that's not why competitive boxing is dying a slow death. It was happening way before Jake Paul. Competitive boxing committed suicide. Funny. So interested. When is the fight? I didn't even look it up. August fifth, maybe. <laughs> I was like, when it when it when it happens, it happens. I know I'll see. That's a total you know, guess, but pre, I think it's August pre-promotion in the uh, weeks before. It is. Uh, you are correct on August fifth. In in big bold lettering out of rundown during during training camp. Yep. Coming up, mock draft season continues. We bring up a mock draft every single day. I wanted to talk about the Eagles today, and it's very convenient that one of the guys on uh, NFL Network has the Eagles going a bit rogue at number ten. Field and Company is live at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers at 702-766-1400. Mock draft season. Every day we have a new mock draft or mock drafts or sampling of several mock drafts. Rhett Lewis, who we've had on the show. Nice guy. Former athlete. Wide receiver in Indiana, if I remember correctly. I think. Uh, but he's with the NFL Network. He'll, uh, in all likelihood, be on the draft coverage. We'll have to get him on before things get hot and heavy in Kansas City, but um, he put out a mock draft. You know, the Eagles have multiple picks in the first round. Damn good team. That's a good position to be in, right? Multiple picks in the first round. You can do a lot to help your squad. Um, at one, he's got Bryce Young going to the Panthers. From there, Stroud, 
You got A. Rich, Anthony Richardson going fourth. Will Anderson goes early. Raiders. It's got Devin Weatherspoon, who you've had going to the Raiders for a while. Bears at nine. Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle. And then at number 10. Leave those mine also. And then at number 10, Eagles take Texas running back Bijan Robinson. Hello. We're not supposed to do this. I was very close to doing that. We're not supposed to do this. I know. I was very close to doing that in mine, too. I think it kind of makes sense. We're not supposed to do this. I know. Real football people don't take running backs at number 10. They don't. But here we go. you got two first-round picks. You don't have a whole lot of needs. You did just lose Miles Sanders. And Bijan Robinson might be the best player in the draft. What? Now, again, I wouldn't do it. I especially wouldn't do it if I was a te- like a team like the Raiders. Obviously, have Josh Jacobs. Even if you didn't have Josh Jacobs, wouldn't do it. Um, there's a lot of teams. If you are you know far away, there's no way I would do it. But the Eagles, could, a running back could be an absolute game changer for them in terms of pushing them over the top. A a workhorse give the ball, give him the ball, you know. A lot in that offense, and by the way, how many running lanes are open because of what Jalen Hurts does and how the, the run game is designed. Like, it makes sense. Like, I wouldn't do it if I was the Eagles, but I can absolutely justify them being a team that takes a running back in the first round. And if you're going to take a running back in the draft, especially in the first couple of days, the first round's probably the time to do it because you can get that fifth year of certainty. And essentially, with the two franchise tags, if you don't not pick up the option... You can get a guy for seven years. I mean, this league does go through trends. And right now the trend is once guys start producing, they're getting to their fourth and fifth year, they're in real trouble at running back because they're not going to get their money. And yeah. we're going through situations right now with Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler, who's a little different because he wasn't a first-round pick, so they didn't have the option of you know signing him uh, to whatever, that fifth year. He already got a decent contract, making like $6, 7000000 million a year. But you got Saquon and you got Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So what's what's uh, Saquon doing with his franchise? He will not sign it. What? And the league here starting, or the league here started, but the offseason program is starting. So he's not able to participate. He can't be in the building. He can't be around the team as they're getting prepared. Is he just signing. being safe, or is he really trying to force a long term contract? He's trying to force it. Yeah. Which he should absolutely. Why? You know why? Why would you give in at this point? And and there's not you know there is a deadline out there. It's in July that they have to you know. They, they only have until that date to work out a long-term deal uh, for this year. But um, the the team has said they want to do a deal, that they want to work one out. It's not there yet. So that's where they are right now. And I, I don't think he probably should sign on to this and just agree and, and accept it. Uh, I would I would force the issue and make them think that there's a chance that you're not going to be there and that they have to sign you a long-term deal if they want you to be on the team. Back to the Eagles. What could be the plan if you don't take a running back at 10? Could you do it later? Are there going to be some guys later? Yeah, but he's there's no there's no the like, game-changing players at that position. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Come on, not, you're not willing, to, you're willing to say that with what happens at running back every year in the draft where oftentimes the second, third, sixth best, your sixth highest drafted guy turns out to be the best guy? Well, somebody could develop, but I'm saying if you're you're basically taking a crapshoot on one of those guys. Like it would be stunning if B. John Robinson isn't really, really good. That'd be stunning. Wow. 
I can't believe you're willing to do this with a running back. I'm not, but I'm I'm saying like if no, but that, that you can't make the that, argument that prediction that he is like you're virtually guaranteeing he will be awesome. Well, here's the problem. I think Tennessee's taking him, and he won't be awesome. <laughs> He'll be stuck in that offense on that team, and it won't work out. But the as a fit, Philadelphia, he would be awesome. But shouldn't the logic be go and get positions that are cornerstone positions for a football team at ten? Whether it's and I know their defensive line is loaded, but whether it is an edge rusher, a cornerback, uh, more offensive linemen, because their offensive line is getting old at certain positions. Um, now the positive is their offensive line is awesome, which means as they've shown, we'll see what Miles Sanders does elsewhere. But when you have an offensive line like that, you don't have to get the, the what you think is the best guy. The line yeah. can make a okay. running back who is slightly behind B. John Robinson I'm, freaking awesome. I'm not advocating taking B. John Robinson. I'm just saying if there is a team that can justify it with a second first round pick, with a running back being the position that probably makes you from a contender to a absolute maybe contender to favorite Bijan robinson is that player and so that's a team that can justify spending capital on a running back which is what teams should not do but if there is a case to be made that's a team that can make the case dylan mckinnon wrote a really good story for 97.5 the fanatic in philadelphia he wants gibbs taken at the number 30 slot we're going to get him on in five minutes to explain why robinson is not the guy to take at Number 10. Want to remind you tomorrow, a cool event, 10 a.m. over at Lorenzi Park. You got a uh, roller hockey rink that was uh, funded by VGK, and the uh, city is celebrating with some notables from the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Mayor Goodman will be out there, uh, VGK President Gary Bubolts as well. Chance the mascot, VGK Drumline, and the uh, Vegas Vivas. Derek England will be on the scene. It all goes down at 10 o'clock. Lorenzi Park, that is on uh, Washington, West Washington, 3333 West Washington. So uh, VGK on the scene for the intro of this new roller rink, Lorenzi Park. We're going to talk to Dave Gosher, who uh, is part of the event. He'll be joining us at 530 today. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. We continue to break down teams uh, outside of the Vegas market. Eagles are very intriguing, especially with the season they just had. They've got multiple picks in the first round. Adam was just trying to sell me on Bijan Robinson being a good selection at 10. Sell, is that the right way? Logic to it, what? Said I wouldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> but I said if there's any team that could, okay. it'd be the Eagles. Well, that's why I threw it out there. Yeah. I forget what you said. Yeah. I don't actually listen. Uh, Dylan McKinnon is very familiar with Sports Talk Radio. We don't listen to each other. Uh, he is with 97.5 The Fanatic. In Philly, and he wrote a story about the uh, 10th pick, the 30th pick. Dylan, how you doing, buddy? I think we just lost him. We're going to get him back on. It's a great setup for him. but Yes, it was an elaborate, long setup. He probably heard none of it, so we got to repeat all of it. Yeah. Let's go to break. We'll come back in 30 try to, seconds. Try to, try, to act, try to do that acting it all over It was a joke, Ari. Relax. Relax. Sarcasm. It happens on the show. But you did throw out there that you think the gap between Bijan Robinson and the next running backs is big. I do. Massive. I don't know, which I don't know how you even say that, but hey, that's an opinion, so... Roll with it. We'll remember. I never forget things, except if you said it eight minutes ago. Well, but again, like, and I've talked about this, and I know people don't like this take. Like, I, I think quarterbacks are the same. Like, if you if they go in the, if Tom Brady was drafted by the Jaguars, he would have never been Tom Brady. Like, that's I've always thought that, and so I, I think that's the same at all positions. So, and as I just said, Bijan Robinson goes to a team like the Titans. Probably not going to be very good. Like, I don't think the player, I don't think the player determines their fate. So we were just talking about the 10th pick. What's going to happen with Bijan Robinson? I saw Rhett Lewis. We mentioned it. 
one of the NFL Network guys had uh, Robinson going to the Eagles at 10. Dylan McKinnon from 97.5 The Fanatic in Philly is with us. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? We're good. We're real good. So I saw your story about what they should do. Uh, Adam Hill, my partner here, was just mentioning that, well, you know, if any team could use a top 10 pick on Robinson, it could be the Eagles. What's your logic on this 10th selection and running back? Uh, I would never rule it out, but I, I just really doubt it. It's not really Howie's style. I don't think they've taken a running back in the first round since the 80s. And if you just look at Howie's draft history, it's always either defensive lineman, offensive lineman. If there's a dire need, like they had with wide receivers a few years ago, they'll take one. Or if they need a quarterback, they'll take But other than that, it's always offensive lineman, defensive lineman, and Howie never really uh, diverts from that uh, strategy. But you do think that they could take a running back, just not with the number 10 selection, right? They definitely could take a running back either at pick 30 or maybe if they trade back from pick 10 later in the first round. But I would, it, would, it would shock me if Howie took the running back, whether it's B. John Robinson or someone else, at, at pick 10. Yeah. The good football people do the right thing. They don't take running backs in the first round. And Howie Roseman is a good football guy. He's running the Eagles, and now he's got a history, as you said, of going in a certain direction. Who do the fans want? Are the fans titillated by the possibility of getting – you know, the possibility of having a 1,500-yard, you know, big-time running back? Uh, there's a few camps in Philly. There's a lot of fans who are very excited about the idea of getting B. John Robinson. There are some that are dead set against it. Uh, it's mostly J- either Jalen Carter or B. John Robinson, if you ask the fans there. Do, how much of concern, because I, 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 that's what I was just going to ask you, that uh, what I have heard and what, you know, I've been told is that 10 is the absolute floor for Jalen Carter, if he does start to fall and if the character issues are a concern around the league, there is no way the Eagles pass on him. Uh, have you heard similar things? And is there any concern among the fan base or among people you talk to about the character concerns? Uh, it does sound like pick 10 to floor for him. Uh, I've heard a lot of people, local reporters, saying that the Eagles would be pretty interested in a guy like him. And I, I, as far as the character concerns, I can't fully speak to that because I haven't talked to the guy, but I know the Eagles really trust their security team. And if they do the background check, they clear Carter. I, I, I think they'd very much love to have a guy like Jane Carter. Character concerns are not. Dylan McKinnon, 97.5 The Fanatic, covering the draft, covering the uh, Philly scene, Eagles and others. We'll get to uh, the Las Vegas Phillies and Bryce Harper and Bryson Scott. Stott in just a couple of minutes um, from a position standpoint, other than some of the positions that have been mentioned that Howie likes, do you see a position on this Eagles team where you're like, Hey, they need some help there. Cause they fortified a lot of positions. Where else do you think they have some weaknesses? Uh, I mean, they brought James Bradbury and Darius Slay both back, but Darius Slay is getting older. You could always use young corners. I don't know if that's what Howie would do in the first round. But I know a lot of fans would be happy if they took a young corner. Uh, linebacker's been a need here for forever. Again, that's not something I think they would do, but they could definitely use linebacker help. Uh, they lost Isaac Sayamalu. Uh, they like Cam Jurgens sliding over to right guard instead of playing center with Jason Kelsey back. But they could take very well. <laughs> there is a need there at right guard. And... Yeah, the defensive line, defensive end, defensive tackle, always huge need for them. They lost Javon Hargrave. I mean, Fletcher Cox is a 
still a solid player, but he's not the guy he used to. He's more of a role player. I mean, <laughs> those are probably the biggest needs for them. Uh, obviously not a need at wide receiver anymore, not a need at quarterback, certainly, not a need at tight end, but defensive line, linebacker, safety, corner, basically anything on defense is a need, even if it's not a pressing need. Now that we're a couple of months away from the Super Bowl, the performance by Jalen Hurts, you know, everyone needed to breathe on what, what Hurts is and what his value is. Um, how much do you guys talk on the show you work on about Jalen Hurts being one of those guys potentially to get 40 to $45 million a year? Is everyone on board on that one, or is it still highly debatable on what Hurts is actually worth? Everyone I've talked to in the city is completely on board with paying, paying Hurts. I mean, he went toe-to-toe yeah. Patrick Mahomes and maybe gave a better performance. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes' team won, but it had nothing to do with what Jalen Hurts did. He, in the second half, he kept going down the field, kept scoring, kept keeping the Eagles in the game. He just never got the chance because his defense couldn't get off the field at the end of the game. But everyone in Philly is completely on board with paying Hurts whatever he wants. Even if it's a record-breaking deal, he's, uh, he's become a beloved figure more than any quarterback in Philly in recent history. And usually... Quarterbacks are really loved in Philly. Yes, the, the backup generally the more popular person uh, in Philly going back like 40 years. Uh, Dylan McKinnon is with us, the FANAG in Philadelphia. It's ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company here on this Tuesday as we're doing our path to the draft. Every day we uh, check in with a team or two. So the Eagles are up. One of our big topics yesterday, Dylan, was the new NFL package and the fact that it could cost upwards of like 500 bucks if you don't get it soon. In Vegas, the NFL package is a big thing because a lot of us are transplants. Not everyone's a Raiders fan yet because the Raiders just got here. In Philly, did you guys even talk about this? Like, how important is the package and the fact that the freaking Sunday ticket may be $500 for the average fan to have it at home? Uh, I mean, Philly is a very localized place. It's usually it's Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Uh, I mean, obviously, fans will watch Sunday night games, Monday night games, all the national games. But between the hours of 1 and Seven, if the Eagles are on, that's all people are watching. So, I mean, I'm sure there are people in Philly who get the Sunday ticket, but it's mostly been very Eagle-centric when it comes to the NFL in Philly. What's uh, Philly fever been like so far early in the season? Because it has not been a great start. Ah, uh, there's definitely uh, some, <laughs> some people very tense. Uh, Philly fans tend to treat baseball like it's football, where every single game matters, right. where if you lose one game, the sky is falling. Obviously, <laughs> not a great sign. The Phillies just lost again to the Marlins, so I'm sure it's going to be a lot of tension tomorrow. But no one's quite panicking, but people are definitely getting nervous, especially when it comes to the pitching, Aaron Nola and uh, the bullpen. Yeah, well, Phillies lose trouble. today. Sorry to cut you off. Phillies lose today, 3-2 to the Marlins to drop to 4-8. Uh, Bryson Stott is off to an awesome start. He's hitting 420. He went 2-5 for five today. What's the word on uh, Bryce Harper's return? When can he be back? Can he actually be uh, on the field swinging the bat? Um, maybe I don't know how much he's going to play the field, but can he be back by June? Every piece of news we're getting saying he's right on track. I mean, the Phillies didn't put him on the 60 there, which lets him come back by the end of May. I don't know if that will be when he gets back. But it certainly seems like the Phillies are confident he can be back by then. He, they basically said he's ready to hit in the game. The thing that's holding him back is they're worried about him sliding in the bases and the foul hurt his elbow. But every piece of news we're getting back on Bryce Harper tells us he's getting he's right on track to get back on time. So June, early June, uh, certainly he could be back by then. Did you go to Dollar Hot Dog Night last night? 
Because apparently it got ugly. I was, I was, I was uh, not there last night, fortunately. Oh, otherwise, I might have gotten hit by a hot dog. What the hell happened? Apparently, there were fights all over the place. Did they, did they sell out? I, they sold 58,000 hot dogs? Did they sell out of the yeah, hot dogs? Uh, what was going on? Why were they fighting? Well, well we actually had someone call in to, to our station today, and they gave us a story of what happened. Apparently, it started because someone was going for their hot dog record. They were about to eat their 15th hot dog or whatever, and they ran out of hot dogs, and the guy ate his 15th, and then people started throwing hot dogs. Oh, go for 16, go for 16, and then that just evolved into a foreign food fight where people thought someone got hit with a hot dog or something. Uh, then they started throwing it back, and it just evolved into a high school-style food fight. But it started out somewhat peacefully. It just when you have uh, drunk people and hot dogs, <laughs> They're going to end up throwing them at each other, I guess. Drunk Philadelphians and hot dogs, I guess, don't mix. I, I, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast that was two Philly guys and a central Pennsylvania guy, and they were criticizing him as not being a real Pennsylvanian because he doesn't like hot dogs. Is that a big thing? I didn't know that. I, that is not something I've ever heard of. Uh, I mean, in Philly, it's cheesesteaks is a big thing. Yeah. I, I don't really know about hot dogs being a thing. That's more of a... When I think hot dogs, I think more Chicago. I mean, certainly Philadelphia's love their hot dogs as much as anyone else, but when it comes to food, the big food here is cheesesteaks, not not hot dogs. Oh, and those awful pretzels, too, though. Awful. Awful pretzels. Yeah. What are you, what are you awful. talking about? You can get them on every street corner. <laughs> They're terrible. Are you, great? are you going to go anti-Tasty Cakes now, too? Uh, no, Tasty Cakes are fantastic. Okay. Are you going to go anti-Wawa? <laughs> no, Wawa's great, but even the Wawa pretzels, are that's the worst thing at Wawa. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I like the Wawa pretzels. <laughs> we are big. We're big. We're a big Wawa show. Well, we we don't have. One. We're big Wawa show. We're big Philly food show. By the way, is Sheets has Sheets invaded Philly yet? Uh, not that I have seen. Uh, I mean, I'd have to drive a pretty decent way to get to a Sheets. Uh, nothing wrong with Sheets. <laughs> I think it's just as good as Wawa, but we're more of a Whoa. Wawa area in Philly. Was... Would you say that on the air in yeah, Philly? What are you doing? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that in Philly, but thankfully, <laughs> in Vegas, I don't think I would get the biggest uh, signal Vegas out here, so fine. I could be safe. That's funny. Uh, find Dylan's stories up on 97.5 or 97.5, thefanatic.com. Uh, Dylan, we appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Good spot. Thank, thank you for having me on. There he is. Dylan McKinnon, 97.5, the Fanatic in Philly. He wants him to take uh, Jameer Gibbs at 30 and uh, go with a different player at number 10 so we'll say that could be one of the big things in this draft is texas running back Bijan robinson going to the eagles man if he went there and he was a 1500 yard back how freaking ridiculous is that team going into next year in the nfc which has a lot of question mark behind or a lot of question marks behind the eagles